Today we're going to explore what is more important. My growth, my spiritual growth, my working to reach completion, or me reaching out to help another person. What is the bottom line in my avoida? And this is going to be seen from the perspective of Reuven and Yehuda. The Pasik says, Reuven, you are my Bechir. This is in the Brachis that Yaakov Avinu was giving to Reuven. You were uh, more power and more strength to you. However, Pachas Kamayim, you were hasty like water. Al you will not get these benefits. Rashi explains these words. You're worthy of being greater than your brothers with kahuna, with being the shevet that would have kahuna. And Rashi explains the word se'es is referencing the term nesius kapayim, which is the benching. The raising of the hands, which was referring to the Duchanan that is done by Koyanim. The Yasser Oz, next Rashi says, great strength. Bimalchus, you should have been the Shevet of kingship. Umi Goram So what caused you to lose these benefits? Pachas Kamayim. You were impetuous like water. Hapachas Vabahala, the impetuousness and the confusion. that you were hasty to express your anger. V'chulu lekach, therefore, al toisar, al tar belittel kol yaseiris alalu. You will not receive these benefits shahayur uyuslach, which were designated for you. In short, Reuven was worthy. Reuven should have received kahuna and malchus, but because of his hastiness, and this is referring to, as we will see later in the sicha, referring to the fact that he involved himself in the arrangement of Yaakov's bed. Therefore, he lost these benefits. The Targum for Taichtun Pasuk, however, the Targum teaches this Pasuk, You were worthy of receiving three portions, Bechirusa, Kihunasa, Umachusa. As Reuven is given rights, Reuven was worthy of receiving three portions, Bechira, Kihuna, Umachus. Notice the addition of the word and they were not given to him. And the Midrashim also referred to the portions that were supposed to go to Reuven as three. We have to understand, since the Pasuk does mention the idea of Bechayra, the advantage of Bechayra, it starts with the words Reuven Bechayri Atta Farvoje. So why does Rashi learn that the words Al-Toysar, that you won't receive these benefits, is referring uh, solely to Yasser's namely Kuhuna and Malchus? And Rashi, why does Rashi not learn that Al-Toysar also refers to the words Bechayriata, the Bechayra that Reuven was supposed to receive, which is mentioned mentioned in the beginning of the Pasuk. <clears throat> on the contrary, the reason why Reuven would have received is because he's the Bechayr. So Bechayriata is the cause of it all. So why does Rashi seem to uh, ignore it? Now, maybe Rashi holds that 
Reuven never lost the Bechayra. So the Rebbe is going to refute that in the next couple of paragraphs. You cannot say that Rashi holds that according to Pesutu Shal Mikra, Reuven did not lose the Bechayra. Varum. Because, first of all, it's a clear Pasuk in Devere Ayamim. The children of Reuven, who it was the Bechayr of Yaakov. This is the part of the Pasuk. And when he desecrated the sleeping arrangements of his father, his Bechayr was given to the children of Yosef. So you see clearly that Reuven lost the Bechayr. Additionally, the last Pasuk, right before the beginning of Birchais Yaakov, the last Pasuk in Pedic Memchas, the Pasuk says, This is Yaakov talking to Yosef, I gave you one portion over your brothers. So one Pshat Rashi is, that I mean Shechem, that he gave the city of Shechem to Yosef. But in the second Pirush of Rashi, in the second Pirush Rashi says, This is referring to the Bechayra that Yaakov gave Yosef the Bechayra. Where do we see that Yosef receives Bechayra? Because Yosef's children received two portions in Israel. Because Yosef was divided into Ephraim and Menashe. So we see that Rashi himself acknowledges that, Ye- that Reuven lost the Bechera. And if you go back to Parsons by Yishtach, is Rashi Mefaris. Rashi over there explains, Bechera Yaakov, where it says that Reuven was the Bechera of Yaakov, that he was Bechera Lenachala. Reuven remained a Bechera with regards to take, receiving a double portion of his father's inheritance. He remained the Bechayr that his children would work in the Beis Amikdash. This is obviously until the Chet HaEgel. He was also the Bechayr that he was counted first. You see it in Parshas Vayigash. You see it over there in Parshas Vayishlach. That the Reuven is counted first in the list of Shvatim. And with regards and the Bechayda was given to Yosef with regards to the fact that he became two Shvatim. Das haste. But what do we see from this Rashi? That some part of the of Bechayda was taken from Reuven. To leave Vayishkav because, which, which Vayishkav is the Pasuk right before this Pasuk in Vayishlach. Because the, literally the Pasuk said, says that Reuven lied with Bilal. Rashi explains that it means that he moved the bed from Bilo's tent to uh, Elea's tent. But right after that it says, Bechayr Reuven. Rashi explains that the Bechayr was taken from Reuven with regards to the union of Ashvatim. And it was given to Yosef. So we have a Pasuk in Tidei We have a Rashi in Vayichi. We have a Rashi in Vayishlach. All of which prove to us that even according to Rashi, even according to the Mikra, the Bechayra was taken away from the Uvein. So this goes, this brings us back to our question, in that case, why does Rashi not mention it in this Rashi? In our Rashi here, on Al-Toysar, why does Rashi not mention the fact that the Uvein lost the Bechayra? Base. And see if Base, the Rebbe is going to suggest that since it says Al-Toysar, you won't get these extra benefits 
So Rashi therefore connects that with the word yeser says, the yeser oz. So Rashi only addresses the yesers that are in the Pasik because it says Altoisa. And the Rebbe is going to tell us that it's a good, it's a, it's a good point, but it doesn't explain the, the very idea. In other words, the question will now be shifted from Rashi to the Pasik. Why Taka does the Pasik say Al Toisar and only refer to the loss of Kohuna and Malchus? You can answer that when the Pasik says Al Toisar, which the Al Toisar, as Rashi says, is explaining what Reuven lost, is Muchach, since it says the word Toisar, this proves to us as the Pasik is Uisin Tzmemaid Zain, nor Dimailis, Mavalachan Ashtet, the Loshan from Yeseiris Alalu. The Pasik only wants to exclude, talk about what what Reuven lost with regards to things that are in the term of Yeseris. Yes, there says the Yeser Oz, which is Kuhun and Malchus. But Bechera, which does not have the word Yeser by it, is in the Miut from Altaisar, is not included in the, in the words Altaisar to say that, that it was lost by Reuven. So this will help us to understand how Rashi is understanding the Pasik. When Rashi comes to interpret the Pasik, he has to explain that it's only talking about Kun and Malchus, because it says Al And it doesn't talk about the loss of the Bukhairah. But it doesn't explain the very idea. And the explanation in the Pasik itself. Why does the Pasik differentiate between Bukhaira and Kuno Malchus? The Pasik read Norvegan and Ruven's absence from Kuno Malchus. This Pasik, when it says Al Taisar, is referring to the fact that Ruven lost Kuno and Malchus. And does not talk about the loss of Inyan Abukhaira. Why is that? In other words, even if now I understand why Rashi says it like that, because since it says in the Pasuk al Toisar, so Rashi understands that it's referring specifically to Kahuna and Malchus, but it doesn't explain to me why the Pasuk does that. Why does the Pasuk differentiate and only talk about Kahuna and Malchus and not address the fact that Reuven also lost the Bechayra? So in order to understand the answer to this question, we're going to go to Yehuda. Because Yehuda is the one who gets the Malchus. The Malchus goes to Shevet Yehuda. So let us see where Yehuda gets the Malchus in the Pasik. And maybe from there we're able to understand why Reuven doesn't have Malchus and how Malchus is different than Bechayr. Sif Gibu. Later the Pasik says, when it comes to Yehuda, Yehuda is a young lion, a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you rose up. You elevated yourself. The fact that I uh, uh, suspected you in being involved in the fact that Yosef was devoured, he was eaten by a wild animal. And this is a reference to the fact that Yehuda is compared to a lion saying that I suspected you in being responsible for the fact that Yosef was eaten by a lion or that I thought that he was eaten by a wild animal. But my son, you rose up from this. You removed yourself from it. You absolved yourself from it. When you said, what gain do we have by killing him, let us sell him instead. 
So Miteref, I was chesed you that you caused Yosef to be to be devoured, to be preyed upon by a wild animal. Bni Elisa, but my son, you absolved yourself by saying Mabetza and not and not um, uh, allowing Yosef to be killed. The Chain Nasi now adds the Chain Ba'arigas Tamar also by the situation where Tamar was about to be killed. Shehoida Yehuda admitted. Tzad many that she is righteous, she is correct. The, 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 those children are mine. V'chulu, also there, he saved a life. So, let's first understand these Rashi's. Start from first day. Now we have to understand. In other words, notice that there's two Rashi's here. Miterev is one Rashi, where he talks about what I was chayshed Yehuda. Yaakov suspected Yehuda being involved in the, de in the death of Yosef. And B'ni Alisa is another Rashi, where it talks about Yehuda's absolution. That number one, he saved himself because he said Ma'betza. And number two, he saved himself because he said Tzad Kamimani and saved Tamar. So we have to understand. The fact that Rashi adds the, the story of Tamar only in the second Rashi of B'ni Alisa. And not the Pirushe of Mvart Miteref. And not in the first Rashi is Muchach Lecha'era as Vechein Ba'arigas Tamar Batzitzich Nitzum Vart Mitarev. So this is this is pretty obvious that when Rashi brings in the story of Tamar, it's not connected to the word Mitarev, which we, we could translate Meharigas Tamar Vidos Taister Medrish Mitarev Mitreifa Shel Tamar. The Medrish says that the second Pirush is Mitarev from the fact that Tamar was almost preyed upon and died. Because of the fact that they thought that, that what she had done was wrong, B'ni Alisa, you absolved yourself by saying, That's how the Medrash says it. Rashi doesn't do that. Rashi doesn't connect Mitaref to Miriam, to Tsari, to Tamar, nor to divert B'ni Alisa. Rashi only applies the story of Tamar with the words B'ni Alisa, as Alisa, you elevated yourself. Also another elevation and another absolution from the killing of Tamar. Since it's one sentence, what did, he, what did he elevate himself from? What did he absolve himself from? So since they're, 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 they're a continuation, his V-Kem and Zeyfan Andertil and Otaichin as B'ni Alisa is Kelo Tzvei Zachin. So if it's one sentence, how does B'ni Alisa mean two things and Mitaref mean one thing? If B'ni Alisa means a second thing, then Mitaref has to mean a second thing. And Rashi clearly isn't saying that. So how, do, so how does the sentence work? There's another question here. Where do we see any, any reference in the Pesut Mikra? To, to the story of Tamar. Mitaref refers to Tarif Tarif Yasef. So clearly, Yankiv is talking about that. But where in the Pasik do you see any reference to the story of Tamar? But in Rashi, Rashi, unlike the Medrash, like we said before, he's not saying Mitaref is a reference to Miriam. Mitaref is not a reference to Miriam. So then we're in Pnei Alisa or anywhere in this Pasik. I keep on saying Miriam, I'm sorry, I mean Tamar. I don't know why I'm saying Miriam. You see in the Pasik, uh, 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 no reference to Tamar. So we're, we're, what's the Hechrich? 
What is the compelling proof in Psutish Mikra that this Pasik is talking about Thomas? We have two questions. First of all, how do you read the sentence Miteref Bni Alisa if Miteref is not talking about Tamar? And number two, where Bakhlal do you see any reference in this Psukim to the story of Tamar? Now, in Sif Dalid, we're going to answer the first question. We're going to explain why Rashi has no mention of Tamar in Miteref. But yet, the sentence could still flow. And, 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 and the Rebbe is going to point out to us that you can read this Pasuk in two ways. You could either read it, Miteref Bni, comma, Alisa, or Miteref, comma, Bni Alisa. In other words, doesn't mean Miteref Bni from the prey of my son, Alisa, you, Yehuda, absolved yourself. Or doesn't mean Miteref from the prey, Bni Alisa, my son, Yehuda, you absolved yourself. And Rev is going to prove that it has to be Miteref, Bni Alisa. And then once you break it up that way, then Miteref could mean Miriam also. Let's see it inside. See if that would. After we can answer as follows. Rashi is telling us that Miteref does refer to both stories. The story of selling of Yosef and the story of the killing of Tamar. So then in that case, why does he wait until after Bni Alisa to bring up the story of Tamar? Because Rashi has to explain to us how does Miteref refer to the story of Tamar? And in order to explain that, let's preface as follows. There's two ways to translate the words Miteref Bni Alisa. Aleph, Bni, Kum Behemshech Tzuvart Miteref. That Bni is part of the word Miteref, as in Miteref Bni, from the prey of my son Yasef, Alisa Yehuda, you Yehuda were able to absolve yourself. Beis Bni, Patsitzich Tzu Alisa. Bni goes to the second half of Bni Alisa. That Miteref, from Inyan Ateref, from the idea of prey, Bni Alisa, you, my son, absolved yourself or elevated yourself. If you follow the first way that it's Miteref Bni, as Miteref Bni is Kelech Tamar, then Miteref can't connect to Tamar because Tamar is not Bni. If you're saying Miteref Bni from the prey of my son, Alisa, you were able to elevate yourself, then Miteref can't mean Tamar. Because because it's saying clearly Miteref Bni under Diber and therefore Eder Rashi is Meisav Echem Barigas Tamar before Rashi could add the words that Yisav that Yehuda also absolved himself from the death of Tamar Musa is a freer upstel naf Bni Alisa first he has to quote the words in the pasuk Bni Alisa Umavarin and as they get into Zaman and point out to us show to us how they go together what's the fact is Rashi might take from pasuk Echtevart Bni which explains why Rashi quotes from the pasuk the word Bni as well even though Rashi is really only translating the word Alisa you elevated yourself you absolved yourself so therefore Rashi comes in and says Bni Alisa the Bni Alisa goes together could include more details, including the story of Tamar. So, originally we thought that Rashi clearly says Mitaref is not going on Tamar. And the proof for that is because he brings it after Bani Alisa. Says the Rebbe, no. 
really Mitaref does go on, 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 on Tamar. And the reason why Rashi waits until after B'ni Alisa is because first Rashi had to establish that B'ni Alisa go together and Mitaref is on its own and therefore Mitaref is not specifically talking about the story of Yosef. It could also be talking about the story of Tamar. And once Rashi puts B'ni Alisa together, then he could say the Chaim Barigas Tamar that this this mitad of B'ni Elisa is referring to the story of Tamar as well, that Yehuda elevated himself and absolved himself in two separate stories. One, the sale of Yosef, the death of Yosef rather, and two, the death of Tamar. Now, how does Rashi Taka know that mitad of B'ni Elisa, that B'ni Elisa goes together? And Rashi's compelling proof that Bni goes together with Alisa. It's as follows. Yaakov is trying to praise Yehuda. That, you, that I, I thought you had done something wrong. And I found out that you had done something right. And since even without the word Bni, we would understand, we do understand, that Mitaref refers to the story of Yasef. Because the word Taref, the, the Shayrish of Taref, is found in the story of Yasef. Ubemela, therefore, is the Adgosha as Mitaref is thus from Bni. If the Pasik was saying Mitaref Bni, that Yaakov was emphasizing that Yehudu saved. Yaakov son Mitaref Nitkintesvach. It doesn't add any extra praise. Adrava, nor Adrava. Does Gitan is in his book and says again as Norder Far Valdosis Teref on Yaakov Zun and Zayim Bruder onto Chiyudim Asala given. If it, if you don't know who it is, then you have to say Mitaref Bni. But Mitaref would tell us who it is. So if it would add the word Bni, it would imply that Yehuda only saved himself. And saved this person because it was Yaakov's son and Yehuda's brother. That's not as praiseworthy as if he's saving a stranger. So the word mitaref is a greater praise than mitaref b'ni. Therefore we say like the second way. That, that b'ni goes with Alisa. Because that expresses the words of Yaakov in a greater praiseworthiness. For 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 Yehuda, and this answers the question, the first question that Mitad of Bnei Alisa is referring to Tamar, and the only reason why it says why Rashi brings it up after Bnei Alisa is in order to explain that Mitaref could mean both of them because Bnei Alisa go together. As blabbed up and it's first the canal, but the second question that we had before remains unanswered. And Mistakaz Mitaref can mean an Echmi Adigas Tamar. It's true that Mitaref could mean the, 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 referring to the death of Tamar, the killing of Tamar, because the Mitaref is, is open-ended. It doesn't say Mitaref Bnei. What is Rashi's proof that Mitaref is referring to both? And by, especially since by the 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 the, the, shayrish, the source word of Teref or Tarif is not written by Tamar. So there's no direct connection between the word Mitaref and this Pasik and Tamar. So how does Rashi know that Tamar is meant is referred to in this Pasik? So now we really have two questions. Question number one is why is the Bechaira of Reuven not mentioned as something that Reuven lost? And question two, when it comes to Yehuda, why, how does Rashi know to include Tamar in the things that Yehuda elevated and absolved himself from? In Sif Hei, Rebbe is going to introduce a new question. 
And once we get to the answer of this question, this will under, help us understand side the Pasuk about Reuven and side the Pasuk about Yehuda. And the question, what Rebbe is going to do in Sifei, Rebbe is going to contrast Yehuda and Reuven in what they did wrong and in what they did right. And going to ask that L'cha'ir Reuven didn't do such a terrible thing. Why should Reuven lose the, the Malchus and then it be given to Yehuda? If we're staying back to Matbiya Klolis in the minion, we're after first introduce a general question of this whole idea. The Yisina Malchus, the benefit of kingship, which was taken from Reuven, is was given to Yehuda. In Divri Ayamim, it says that Yehuda was more powerful than his brothers, and he was the Nagid. Rashi over there explains that it means that Yehuda became king. But does what Yaakov Gemim divided Gur Arya Yehuda, and this is. What Yaakov references when he says Yehuda is a lion's cub, a young lion. When Rashi is mefaris, as Rashi explains right here in Vayechi, Adas is This is a reference to kingship that was given to the Shevet Yehuda, David Shleim of Later, the Sichi is going to mention specifically where you see uh, in these words the union of Malchus. But Rashi says that Gur Arya Yehuda, the, the king, the, the, the lion is the king of the animals. And Gur Arya Yehuda is a reference to the fact that Yehuda is going to be given the Malchus. And why does Yehuda get the Malchus? It says it clearly in the Bracha. Because you absolved yourself and elevated yourself from these uh, difficult situations. As Rashi himself concludes... The, the, his pirush on the words. First, Rashi mentions the story of Tamar, and then, then he says, "Lefichach." Therefore, which is the hemshech of the psukim over there, referring to Yehuda as king. So, the, so Reuven loses kingship, and who receives the kingship? Yehuda, and why? Because of the story of Yosef and Tamar. Is it move on? So it's not understood. He might have when Yehuda was added on the Messiah from them was Chashdaticha. The Torah tells of Yosef Chayyirah Achalosu. Through Zogin Ma Betza VeGomer, the Mile of Yehuda, the greatness of Yehuda, that he absolved himself from this suspicion of being involved in the in, in the prey on Yosef, and by saying, "What gain do we have?" Is the Chayyim and Reuven. The same thing happens by Reuven. Reuven does the same thing. We did certain parts by Yosef. As Reuven and Gazak Leina Kenu Nafesh. Reuven stood up and said, let's not kill him. So the, just like Yehuda caused Yosef to not die, Reuven did the same thing. And also Yehuda, the story of Yehuda. Then he admitted, and he said that she's correct, she's, she's, she's the righteous one, which basically means that he acknowledges his wrongdoing. We find that same thing by Reuven as well. That he did shuva for the fact that he desecrated the sleeping arrangements of his father. That Reuven was not by the sale of Yosef. He was busy with his sackcloth and his fasting. Because he, he, he moved around the bed of his father. So Yehuda acknowledged his wrongdoing. Reuven acknowledged his wrongdoing. So why is Yehuda any better than Reuven? 
And let's take this a step further. In debate, the Pratim is Reuven's violent. In both of these details, Reuven seems to have done a better job than, than Yehuda. Alf. The fact that Yehuda saved Yasef from being killed was not because he intended to bring him back to his father. Rather, it was because he was trying to sell him off to the Yishmaelim. Especially since Aleph. This was at the time that he did have the power to return him to Yaakov. If you actually break that up, as Rashi says, as the Sotma bin Gezogt, Ilu Amarta La Shiva, Yudushimimlach. The Sotma later were upset at, at, at Reuven, at, at Yehuda, because they told Yehuda, had you told us to return him to his father, we would have listened to you. Base, a second detail, as Zayzogin Mabetsa, main Kippurish Rashi, Mamamin. Rashi explains, what does it mean, what gain do we have? What financial gain do we have? The reason why Yehuda stopped them from selling Yasef is because they wouldn't have made any money off of it. And instead he said, let us sell him to the Yishmaelim and let's make money on this. However, whereas by the Uvein, he wanted to return to Yaakov. The Pasuk testifies on behalf of Reuven. He said this to save them from, save him from their hands. To return to his father. So Yehuda, when it comes to the story of Yasef, Yehuda has no intention to give him back to his father. Although he could have, because they would have listened to him. And when he does sell him, it's for financial gain. But Shekhar Reuven did plan to return him to his father. When you talk about the admission of Yehuda's guilt in the story of Tamar, Number one, you find a one-time statement. She's right. But you don't find any more than that. You don't find him any, doing any other forms of regret, of tshuva or whatever. More importantly, had he not admitted his guilt, he would have caused the death of Tamar and her unborn babies. It's obvious that he would have had to confess. He was saving a life by confessing. The kegen by Reuven. Whereas by Reuven, Aleph is the tshuva given in Reuven as kama v'kama yore nachdem hotel al-tzmam shechen tshuvaton. Number one, Reuven's tshuva was a continuous uh, uh, process for years. The sale of Yasef happened approximately nine years after the story of the moving of the bed. So if, if he's still davening and doing tshuva, it means it's going on for nine years. Not... Just a, a, a one-time thing. It wasn't just the words, I'm sorry. He actually put on sackcloth and he fasted. He took it seriously. The reason why Reuven did this was because he was trying to defend his mother's honor. 
These as as not verrechnet als chet, so much so that it's not considered as a sin. Virashi brings that up as Rashi brings earlier on in Parshas VaYishlach, Lilamdeinu Shakulon Shavin to teach us that all of the brothers were equal. Vechulon Sadikim, they were all righteous. Shelechotar Uve, Reuven was not considered uh, a sinner. Underiber Afilu B'Shas Al Kalkalokari Bchera, therefore even even during the time that he had done something that he shouldn't have done, he is referred to as a Bchera. And despite that, Reuven uh, increased, was increasingly engrossed in Teshuvah. Pieces to Mobiesa. Now comes the question that the Rebbe was building up towards. We can miterev b'ni Alisa zainatam as Yehuda is right to machas meriuven. How could the fact that Yehuda absolved himself be a reason that Yehuda should be worthy of kingship more than Reuven? Anything that Yehuda did, Reuven did. And Reuven did it seemingly in a much better, holier, loftier way than, than Yehuda. So why does Yehuda get the Malchus more than Reuven? It's a good question. We're going to answer this question. First, we're going to establish Pshat and Rashi. What does Rashi mean by the fact of Pachas Kamayim, the Pachas and the Baholo. And the Rebbe is going to explain that there's actually two things that happened here. There's two, proving the two things wrong. Number one, the very fact that he moved the bed. And number two, the way it was done, the hastiness and the and the anger that it that, that, that caused it is for that there's a separate punishment. Let's explain the words of Yaakov to Reuven. What caused you to lose all of these benefits? The impetuousness, like water. The hastiness and the confusion, that the, the instability that uh, was displayed by your anger. Therefore, you're not going to receive these extras. What, what, uh, what is this hastiness? Rashi explains when you desecrated your father's sleeping arrangements. So if you look at Rashi, it's understood. The reason that Uvin did not get these extra benefits, namely Kuna and Malchus, is it's not because you went onto uh, the, the bed of your father referring to the moving of the bed. This haste, because you were so angry that you rushed into it, that is why you lost the Kuna and Malchus. She's nervous. Their pachas are just to mawa pachas in front of Lisa. Where was this hastiness, this impetuousness? Where was it expressed in the moving of the bed? But the punishment of, or the consequence, I should say, of not receiving Kuna and Malchus is from the pachas and not from the, the from the impetuousness and not from the actual act of moving the bed. From the fact that Yaakov introduces and mentions first the problem of Pachas Kamayim, this teaches in Rashi that there's two details here. Aleph Teres and Bilbul, the very fact that the bed was moved. The fact that it was in, in this impetuous way.
And the Nasi concludes that for each of these two details, there was a separate punishment. The fact that he moved the bed is for him Therefore, he lost the idea of Bechera. Because he desecrated the bed. Therefore, the Bechera was given to Yosef, to the children of Yosef. Nasi also mentions it right after the story. He says that the Bechera was given to Yosef. So the fact that he moved the bed, that's why he loses the Bechera. The fact that you, you, you were hasty to display your anger is Altaisar, Altar, but little Salalu, you will lose these other benefits. I don't remember if it's going to be mentioned again right there in the Sikha, but already over here you have the answer. It doesn't explain why yet, which is that's going to be in Siv Zayin, but you already see that there's a difference between Mechaira and Kuna Malchus. Bechera was a punishment for one thing, and Kuna Malchus was a punishment for something else. So you already have the beginning of the answer of our first question, why this Pasuk is talking about Kuna Malchus and not about the, the loss of Kuna Malchus, and not about the loss of Bechera, because here he's talking about Pachas Kamayim. Here he's talking about the, 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 uh, the consequence for the hastiness, which is why the Pasuk doesn't talk about the Bechera, because the Bechera was a consequence for something else. But let's go into Siv Zayin, where we're going to explain the beer, why Taka. What's the connection of Bechera to this and Kuna Malchus to that? Why is the Taka such a division? And why are, are, are the two punishments for these two different things? The beer in them. The Chilix vision Kuna Malchus and Bechera. What's the difference between Kuna Malchus and Bechera? The Nihilus from Kuna Malchus, the qualities of kingship and of Kuhuna, priesthood, are expressed primarily and specifically in our discussion here as it is, as it affects another person. In as they concern themselves with other people. The idea of a king is he goes before them to provide the needs and the necessities of the people of the land. On Gur Arya Yehuda, the word Gur, Hamoitzi Vamevi Es Yisrael, he brings the Yidden in and out. When I've Kara Ravats, on the words Kara Ravats, he lies down like a lion. So I says Ish Tachas Gafnoi that each person, a reference to the time of Shleim Amelach, that each person could dwell under their vineyard, which means that they could dwell peacefully. So the king makes sure that everybody could have their own vineyard or their own vine and dwell comfortably and peacefully beneath it. So the king is taking care of his people, of his, uh, of his subjects. Similarly, the idea of Kohuna. One of the primary uh, 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 occupations of the Koyin is Nesiyas Kapayim, benching, blessing Yidden. Also, learning with Yidin and the various halachas and laws of Torah, you will come to the Koyanim, they will teach you, they will tell you the, the, the law, according to the Torah that they will teach you. So the Koyanim, in addition to serving in the Beis which was Bishlichis of Klal Yisrael, you also have the fact that they bench Yidin, and they teach Yidin, they are there to serve the Jewish people. Whereas Bechayra is a mile of us is 
He's a quality that only affects the Bechayr himself. Because he has the advantage of being a Bechayr, he receives a double portion in the inheritance. But this doesn't affect another person. This explains these two details of the moving of the bed versus the impetuousness and the anger that it entailed and the Bechayra versus Kunel Malchus. This idea that you were, you, were, you were hasty to display your anger as soon as it seemed to him that the his father's bed belonged in Leah's tent, he became angry at a different person. And he was impulsive to do it right away. You, were, you rushed in to show your anger. And then confused or rearranged his father's bed. Again, this was doing this to someone else. Once he did this, once he showed that his anger and different person was going to affect, that he was going to mistreat the other person, this is the opposite of being concerned about the needs of the other person. And therefore the consequence from this was that he lost Kunar Malchus. He lost the ability to lead and to serve because he showed that he wasn't capable of that. Whereas the very mistake of rearranging the bed, this doesn't necessarily show mistreating the other person. The anger shows mistreating the other person. But the fact that he did it, this shows that he made a mistake, that his thinking was wrong. As he thought, because of the covenant of his mother, as, the, as, as it says in Ashi, my, my mother's sister's maidservant should be a competitor to my mother. So it was disrespectful. So he thought that his father's bed should be in the tent of Leah. Therefore, he loses. The advantage, the, the, the quality, the, the, the extra importance that would have affected him. So the things that he did that affected others makes him lose the qualities, the advantages that would have put him in a position to serve others. And the thing that he did that affected his own misjudgment uh, uh, causes him to lose a mile that would have affected him. As the Pirish Tashib Sudar Shomikra is close of Inyab Khirin This also explains this very another very important thing that according to Rashi, the, the in general Bukhira was not taken away from Ruven. Like we said before, and it's Gibbon Bukhila Nakla, he remained the Bukhir for Nakla, for Avoida, for Minyan. We only lost Bukhira with regards to the Shvatim that that is that Nayasim got double, got two Shvatim. But Kuna and Malchus he lost entirely. Why is that? Why by Bechayr did he only lose a part of it? By Kuna and Malchus he lost it entirely. But since the very fact that he moved the bed was not so severe, 
Because Reuben's intent was to demand, to call for the shame of his mother. And was mentioned earlier in the Sikha. Reuven did not sin, even during his misdeed. He's still referred to as a Bukhair. And his Chuva was in a way that he consistently was involved in Chuva, in intense Chuva, for many years. So therefore, he didn't have to lose his Bukhair all the way, because it wasn't such a terrible infraction, and it was something that he did Chuva for right away. Way and 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 in a very intense way, but the the, the pachas kamayim, the impetuousness, the anger, the hurting of the other person, that was done entirely, and therefore he had to lose kurna malchus entirely. So we've answered some of our questions. What we have not yet answered is why does Yehuda get the Malchus and not Reuven? This was not addressed yet. Reuven did the same things that Yehuda did, as we said before in the Sikha. So why does Reuven lose the Malchus and Yehuda, and, and, and Yehuda gain it? Now, it's true, we did learn that Reuven, Reuven was not able to treat others in the way he was supposed to, fine. But, but, as we explained before, Yehuda wasn't that great either. But Nitzif Chesedev is going to explain the answer to this question, and it's a very, very powerful answer, and that is, is you got to look at the results. Ultimately, Yehuda saved lives, and ultimately, Reuven did not save lives. Which is a hemshaft that we're saying now, that Reuven was not able to, uh, uh, through his actions, help another person, and Yehuda did. And that's the difference. Let's see it inside. Now we understand why the yesed, the extra benefit of Malchus was given to Yehuda because of the fact that he absolved himself from the story of Yosef and the story of Tamar. Even though by Yehuda, by Reuven, there was a loftier uh, level than by Yehuda. The difference between this, what, what Yehuda accomplished in the story of Yosef and what and what Reuven accomplished through Mitarev Bnei Alisa from Yehuda is the pale arrays kekumen atzala panasveitin. What Yehuda did by saying Ma Betza, it actually caused another person to be saved. Yehuda's zogin Ma Betza vegemerot matzlik v'nei Yosef from Nargenu. Yehuda saying Ma Betza caused that Yosef should be saved from being killed. And it took him out of the pit that was filled with snakes and scorpions. And when Yehuda later said, Tomer was saved from being burned at the stake. So what Yehuda did was actually save lives. By Reuven, whereas by Reuven, even though his tshuva and his intent was loftier than Yehuda's, <coughs> It was only an advantage in Reuven's own person. It did not affect saving and helping another person. The fact that he said, let's not kill him. And his intent was to save him and bring him back to his father. This only shows what his intent was. But in actuality, 
In reality, Yosef was not saved from the danger of hunger. He was only saved from the fact that his brothers won't actually kill him. Especially since the pit had in it snakes and scorpions, and they could have killed him. You could say that Reuben didn't know that it, what was in the pit. He's not at fault for that. But at the end of the day, Yosef was in danger. Everything Reuben did did not remove Yosef from danger. And the same thing could be said with regards to the fact that Yosef, that Reuben was involved in tshuva. It did not affect any other person. Additionally, when Reuben was not given had Reuben not been involved in his fasting, in his sackcloth, in his tshuva during the sale of Yosef, he might have been able to find a way to save Yosef. It's just like he convinced them to not kill him and to throw him in the pit. Maybe here he could have found another way to save Yosef and solve stuff in and ultimately bring him back to his father. Because of the fact that he was involved in himself, it's true there was lofty ideas, lofty things he was involved in, sackcloth and tainus, he was still, it was his own journey. And because of this, Yosef was sold. And therefore, by Yehuda, because he stood up for the other person and he saved the other person. This is a proof, as Erez Royal Malchus, that he is worthy of being king. Which he, the greatness of his chuba only shows his own greatness, but not as a way that it to serve others. He might be roy to b'chayra, which is a personal maila, but he's not worthy to melucha, which is where you need to be there for someone else. And now, if you remember, one of the questions we had in the end of Seif Dalid is how does Rashi know that Miteref also refers to Tamar? Maybe it's just referring to Yosef. But now it's understood why Rashi says the Maisa of Tamar. Yaakov wanted to highlight the advantage, the greatness of Yehuda over Reuven. But the far is Gur Aryeh, which is why Yehuda is becoming the Ninyan HaMalucha. Yehuda is receiving the Malucha, he became going to Yehuda to Yehuda. He was taken from Yehuda to Yehuda. Since by Reuven there are two Milas. Number one, that he tried saving Yosef. And number two, that he did Shuva on the fact that he rearranged his father's bed. It's only logical that Yaakov would emphasize Yehuda's Maila, Yehuda's greatness in, the, in both details, to override the Maila of Reuven. So this answers that question as well. So in the first um, question that we had is, what's the difference between Bukhaira that Reuven, uh, that this passage does not mention the loss of Bukhaira, and it does mention the loss of Kuna and Malchus, the answer is, is that Bechayra is a mile for oneself, and therefore Reuven only lost a little bit of it uh, when he did what he did. 
but it's not like the Kuhn and Malchus that he lost it entirely. And therefore, it is not brought up in this Pasuk. Because this Pasuk is focusing on the fact that he lost Kuhn and Malchus, the things that he lost entirely because of Pachas Kamayim, because of his hastiness to show his anger, which showed that he was not capable of being there for others. It also answers the question, why... Uh, what's Pshat Mitad of Elisa? What was so special about Yehuda that he got the Malchus? Because Yehuda, despite his uh, 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 shortcomings, ultimately saved lives. And for that, it showed that he was there for others, and that put him in the position of becoming a, of, of, of his Shevet, becoming the Shevet of Malchus. And this also explains why Rashi mentions both Tamar and Yosef, because. Yankee was trying to highlight the mile of Yehuda over Uvein, and therefore he brings both aspects of Yehuda in contrast to both aspects of Uvein. The lesson is obviously understood. Ayid cannot suffice with being in totally, totally and entirely engrossed in his own self-completion. He must also engage in Avaz Yisrael, to do a favor to another Yid. Since Avaz Yisrael is the entire Teirah, even if he himself is not on the same high level as the other, who is totally engrossed in doing something to elevate and complete himself, since he is engaged and involved in the other person's and need and the other person's good is a farbundin mit kola kula. He is connected with the entire Torah. Nochmer, and and here, if you made it till here, you, 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 your mind is about to be blown. Nochmer is does beilit and the tetzoyis from the tzvi anagus from Reuven and Yehuda. Look at the outcome of the different conducts. Of Yeruvin and Yehuda, respectively. Reuven, who was involved in his own sackcloth and fast, is given This made it possible for the sale of Yosef, which led, <coughs> excuse me, which led to the Golos Mitzrayim, because after Yosef was there, Yaakov went down, and because Yaakov went down, Yidin were there for Golos. Which is the source, the first and the source of all the other Golias. So Reuven's engaged in his own self-journey, self-completion, actually led to Golos. And Yehuda's two words of acknowledging his guilt, despite the fact that it cannot reach the loftiness of Reuven's tshuva, it is in this that it was, the, it was upon this that was dependent the ultimate gula. Because from the Tzot Kamimeni, Tomar had twins, one of which is Peretz, which from the Peretz comes the kingdom of David, until Melech HaMashiach, who is a descendant of Peretz, which Mashiach is also referred to as HaPeretz, after the name Peretz, their Goyal Achran, the ultimate Goyal, was with Peretz and the Gidria Golos, was going to break down the, the fences, the walls of Golos, and bring in the Goyal Achran. So, so the, these last two paragraphs are extremely powerful. 
that sometimes could lead to galus, and salt many a little quick apology could lead to gula. But it has to be that you have to care and be concerned by the other person. When you do that, this elevates you to the whole to have a connection to the entire Torah.